0: Chapter 6 of The Life and Ventures of Original John Jacob Astor This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Life and Ventures of the Original John Jacob Astor by Elizabeth Louise Gebhardt. Chapter 6 Leaving Home when young astor was sixteen his slowly matured plans reached a climax he had waited two years for muscle to harden and manhood to develop now his decision was made without money and without knowing a word of english john jacob astor resolved to go to america since there was no hope of financial aid to smooth his passage thither he set his sagacious head to laying a path for his feet his plan was to work his way to london and there spend as long a period as necessary earning and saving money and learning the english language one of the stories that had floated back from the new land to the old homes had for its import the fact that immigrants were viewed in the light of prey on foreign shores that one needed to be very wise and sharp on his own account not to be cheated how could a country lad of hope? to compete fairly in such a game unless he understood the English language, and had some financial backing to make him independent of would-be deceived. These benefits, John Jacob Astor decided to make his own before he lifted his foot from the shores of the old world. Naturally, Jacob Astor tried to hold his last son from leaving home, but when he could no longer move the boy to his way of thinking, he gave a reluctant consent to his departure waldorf was nearly three hundred miles from the seaport in holland from which young astro would take ship for england but the little town was also close to the great black forest where large quantities of timber were cut instead of being floated this timber was rowed down the rhine by sixty or eighty men to a raft these men were paid generous wages as the work was hard john jacob astro by this time was a stout strong youth very well set up though a little undersized he felt he could compete successfully with the average oarsman in the rhine and in this way earn the money to take him to london he set out from home on foot upon the eventful morning with a bundle of clothes hung from a stick over one shoulder and about two dollars in his pocket he meant to walk to the river only a few miles distant saying good-bye at last wasn't exactly easy much as he had longed for the day of departure to come the privations of life in waldorf grew small in his eyes and natural affection for home and kindred threatened to turn his going into a sad event rather than a joyous release his friends watched him out of town down the road to the rhine one more boy leaving his native village to be swallowed up by the great world or to lift his head above the rest and. Be heard from again. Valentine June belonged to the class of school teachers of whom Martin Luther's was an honored example. Luther's teacher was accustomed, and he entered the schoolroom to bow first to the boys in the room and next to the girls, for in these boys before me he said, "I see the future burgmasters, lawyers, doctors, merchants, and theologians of Germany, and in the girls the mothers of great men." Young Astor's old teacher came to say good-by with the rest, and as the boy was lost to sight, he turned to those near him and said, "I'm not afraid for John Jacob. He'll get through the world. He has a clear head and everything right behind the ears." The composed, intelligent look in the boy's eyes as he bade his friends good-by in manly fashion bore out his teacher's opinion. Then Waldorf went back to its storekeeping and farming, its brewing and baking, its homemaking and teaching his raising of boys and john jacob astor strode on toward the rhine the road over which he walked was cultivated on either side early vegetables were putting out green shoots and the wealth of clover and beautiful wild flowers made a pleasing path for his feet after a little he passed men and women working in the fields loaded carts went by drawn by cows and children eyed him as they walked along Each of his fellow countrymen wished him Girton Morgan, but John Astor hardly heard them. His eyes were full of tears, and his heart thumped till it seemed to fill his throat. His feelings, which he had proudly held in check, as he left his hometown, had swept back to overwhelm him. When he reached a secluded place he sat down under a tree near the road, the red tiled roofs of Waldorf still in sight in the distance in spite of the hardships of his boyhood all that had been dear and uplifting and kindred returned to his remembrance and met there the current of outgoing aspiration the flood tide of hope for the future the largeness of life took possession of him and laid hold of the heart of his young manhood he found himself under the tree on the rhine road and there he made three resolutions to be honest and industrious and not to gamble after that he went on with fresh courage the young traveller found other adventurers at the water's edge also ready to earn their passage to england as oarsmen on the rafts for it was favourite method of covering this part of the journey Rowing the great logs was hard work but each oarsman had his hope and his destination most of the workers were young and all were full of large expectations altogether they had a merry time of it curing their toil with jokes and songs by night and day john jacob entered into the new occupation with enthusiasm glad of all the muscle he had gained and toughened carrying heavy baskets for his father food was supplied them on the journey and the stop-offs to fill campfires in the forest with the promise of hot food and drink were looked forward to his happy oasis in the trip on the fourteenth day after leaving home young Astor found himself at a dutch seaport probably amsterdam with ten dollars in his pockets a large sum of money than he had ever possessed before he took passage for london where he landed a few days later totally unfamiliar with place or language but fortunate in having an older brother to pave the way for him though john jacob and his brother george had not seen each other for years they met with true german warmth. And George Astor assisted his younger brother to procure employment, probably in the flute and piano manufactory of Astor and Broadwood. End of chapter six.